That is. I'm Charles Holmes from The Ringer Music Show. And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog. And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the mixtapes, the Lucy's, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Doma Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. Um, I was watching The Matrix. Uh, I've rewatched The Matrix so many times, and I think it came out in 1999, and they just had a, a, a new one that I enjoyed, um, where Neo's back. If you haven't watched The Matrix, um, please do. It's, it's a great movie. Keanu Reeves, big fan. And this is going to be a giant leap of logic for anyone that hasn't seen The Matrix or hasn't worked in back of the house or restaurants in general. But please stay tuned because I think this is going to be very informative for somebody that wants to go to restaurants, wants to get um, a better understanding of the mechanics of how things work. And what I'm about to say may just make your food better. It literally may make it better. It may improve your dining experience. And the reason I bring up The Matrix, and one of the things I really enjoy about uh, the films in, in general, but the, the, not the, the shooting bullets and the slow motion. I love the concept that you could look at a bunch of um, code, right? Uh, the, these falling green letters and decipher something that no one else can decipher. It doesn't have to be The Matrix. I just love any kind of sport, industry, organization, anything, anything that people are using and extrapolating information in a way that no one else couldn't quite understand. What looks normal to most people looks very different to everyone else. And why I, I'm saying it's certain organizations and certain clubs and certain groups, it's because it, 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 they spend so much time focusing on it that they see things differently. They hear things differently. For example, I always use the uh, remind myself when I was in um, San Francisco with Dan the Automator, Dan Nakamura, and I'm in his car. And while I've talked about this before, I always have to remind myself we were listening to polka music. And I was like, wow, that's weird. I thought we would be listening to something else. He's like, you listen to polka and maybe unfamiliar with polka. He's listening to beats. He's listening to something else that I have no understanding of. When you have this domain expertise in one thing, 
uh, or one part of your creative field. And there's a group of other people that do it as well. Very few people outside of that group will even understand what the hell you're talking about. For example, if you're in the matrix, not everyone can read that fucking code. Not everyone can read the matrix. And most people don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. The reason I bring this up is I've always joked that um, when you are in a restaurant and you're in a kitchen and there's expediting, and let me explain what all this is. Um, the person that expedites, the person that calls out the tickets, they're reading this matrix. It's this culinary matrix. So um, almost every restaurant has restaurant has an expediting system. Whether you go to fast food, In and Out, or chain restaurant like TJ Fridays, every place has some kind of POS uh, point of sale system, right? And that could be as old school as just writing it down in a notepad. And I think La Bernadette still has something like this, where the tickets are handwritten. And they have this very difficult to understand way of um, expediting food. John, and there's other systems. So expediting food is a way where you get the order from the server or whoever for the table or whoever's dining in your restaurant. And it's the list of everything, right? First course, second course, dessert, all the beverages. That comes out because you get it all at once. Most of the time, sometimes people order by piecemeal. But for the most part, every restaurant of every kind has to know what the the customer wants to order. And that's entered in a point of sale system. So you oftentimes hear the, the name POS. That POS system gets sent over to the kitchen where the food gets made. Um, some restaurants, um, some res- really good restaurants have things like an earpiece and there's no yelling, there's no talking. Yelling, what I mean is there's nobody speaking loudly, right? Um, to to like hear yourself. Sometimes there's a microphone and a loudspeaker. We have one of those at Major Domo. Sometimes um, everyone has like a walkie-talkie headpiece and that's why you don't have to yell loudly because there's so much noise in a kitchen. Some people really want it nice and quiet. Some people, some restaurants have touchscreens where every station in the kitchen, every station, what I mean is every station is uh, where they make cold, where they make hot, where they roast fish, et cetera. Every station has a touchscreen and the order comes in and it's very similar to what you see if you go to McDonald's or a fast food place. It's um, really effective. I, I love it, but in, I miss the sort of uh, the, the potential anarchy that can ensue in an old school way of expediting. And in a lot of the restaurants that um, are of note or it's a closed kitchen, open kitchen, it doesn't matter. You, you get a ticket, right? And depending on the size of the restaurant, if it is say more than four cooks and you have a cold station and a dessert station, and it's a bigger restaurant, say north of say 60, 70 seats, you're more than likely going to have somebody getting the order from the server or the maitre d' or manager. And it comes in and in, in, there's a, a, a ticket machine and it comes out and it, it prints two copies, one for you, the, the person that's expediting and one for the server oftentimes. So the server can match up as you bring everything to the pass and the pass is the, the, the central plating area in a kitchen where again, all of this is sort of built off the brigade system, but they're very similar things in Asia. So you're coordinating with the expediter, the runner who's running the food to the server. Anyway, the expediter could be the chef, could be the chef de cuisine, could be the sous chef. And oftentimes it could just be a person that's hired to be an expediter. I actually feel that 
if you can, a restaurant should just hire to be an expediter. Many, many restaurants because of short staffing or just because of the way it has always been, um, the chef is the expediter. Um, I personally don't think that's the smartest way and use of uh, a chef's time or someone that's a culinary manager in the back of the house, back of the house being the, the cooking operations, um, because it's something that clearly could be potentially automated, but also it's better for somebody to help out, to be a tornot, to be somebody that can help oversee quality to ensure that people are cooking properly. It's hard to do that when you're expediting tickets. So if I have a restaurant, say 75 seats and the doors open at five o'clock, tickets start coming in when the first person sits, sits down and you start organizing these tickets by what they've ordered. So sometimes you have an order fire pickup. So the ticket comes in, it'll say order fire pickup, you fire everything at once and it just goes out. Most of the times it's a ticket, it'll say who it is, the number of people, you know, and, and all the things they've ordered. And whoever's expediting is trying to literally do air traffic control and understand where everyone is at in the kitchen. Okay. So fish cooks differently than meat. So the meat course might be firing fish and say, Hey, I'm like 10 minutes out. The fish guy, fish cook is supposed to know like, okay, I'm going to fire my fish now. So everything comes to the past nice and hot at the same time. It actually is unbelievable that this works in many, many kitchens and works really well. It is a dance. It really is this kind of dance and a lot of improv and understanding. We don't have to get into that specifically, but what's more important, what I wanted to get to is nobody can cook anything without the expediter calling it out. And what I want to talk about are specifically the restaurants where it's not automated with a, with a touch green, um, which work great, but where you are reading the ticket on a piece of paper and it's coursed out and that's all the information that you have. This to a lot of people may seem as that's, that's it. That's there's nothing special. It's just a piece of paper that's printed out on a shitty printer. And, um, you know, it's, it's giving me what I need to order, what I need to cook. That's it. I think it contains so much information, so much more information than I think most people realize. <laughs> and part of it is you're always being judged in a restaurant. Part of it is restaurant work is so repetitive that you do it over and over and over again, that when you get something different, it sort of perks you up, right? It, it, you hear something that you haven't heard before. You hear an order that's called, and you're excited. I know that sounds crazy, and it doesn't mean to disregard anyone else that's eating at the restaurant, but if you're able to order well, right, that's a huge thing that changes sort of the scope. The kitchen now knows that they have to cook more seriously, if that makes any sense. But I've always, I've always said, I think it's probably more accurate than I care to admit. You can tell a lot, not everything. You can tell a lot about an individual or group of people by what they order. Not even talking about what restaurant, but what they order, how they order it. If you look at their beverage, what that means as well, you can extrapolate a tremendous amount of information. You can find out if someone's really uh, like a serious wine person. You can find out if someone uh, is probably a professional cook. You can find out if someone's actually a real gourmand just by how they order. Uh, and yes, it's a certain kind of restaurant, but there is a lot of information you can glean from it. 
So I always joke that it was a culinary matrix. These tickets that come in that are just telling the kitchen, right? What is, what needs to be cooked is a lot of data. And I find it fascinating that you can, I think, tell a lot. And what I mean by that is most people order the same way. Some people order differently. And what I mean by that is you can sort of tell if someone's interesting. You can sort of tell if somebody uh, knows food, is a real eater. Um, you can tell sort of where they're at. For example, if someone comes in at five o'clock and they say they want a, a pre-fee or they need to be out by like six o'clock or 625, they're there. And especially if you're in New York City or a place where there's theater, you know, they're, they might be an older crowd for the most part, because they're trying to eat early and they're trying to go get dinner before show. And I'm only saying that mainly because it's clearly exceptions to the rule, but you know, the older you are, the less likely you are to dine late. So, you know, if you're younger, you might see the show and then dine afterward. Also the kind, if you eat for lunch, more than likely, you know, could be an expense account. It could be a lot of different things. So it, it doesn't give you an exact understanding of who everyone is, but it gets you pretty close um, about who that individual is. And so I joke that this culinary matrix allows the restaurant to be able to judge you by what you order. And you can't judge a book by its cover, but I think you can sort of get a better understanding of a person or group of diners by how they order and what they order. And um, there's a lot of information. We're going to talk about that today. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. So do you guys think I'm right in my assessment that you can judge a person by what they order. That being said, before that even happens, a person that is calling out the tickets, the expediter could be the expediter himself. That's their only job or the chef or sous chef, or whatever. They're calling out the tickets to the team. And I'm, I believe that over 90%, what they're thinking about this individual or the group of people dining, or it could be one person that they trust is a good diner. And the three others, if it was a table four top are fucking total nitwits. <laughs> they are now judging them. And I think they're extremely accurate by how they're ordering food. And I, I, they say, you can't judge a book by its cover. I'm saying you can judge somebody by how they order and what they order. Not even the restaurant. Why are they talking about the fucking what restaurant they are going to? It could be any restaurant. I think you, you, you can judge a person by what they order. And how they order. I mean, beyond the obvious, like, uh, you know, this person has ordered 85 modifications and they just want a plain piece of fish on a plate. Beyond that, like, obvious judgment, you mean, like, you can... Yeah, the, the, I think the caveat, one caveat is, because we, we're all going to talk about people that are pain in the ass. We have to make a distinction between people with legitimate dietary restrictions and then people that are not. And I'm going to start you guys with a story. I was, did a dinner with Michelle Bra. Uh, at WD50, it was an omnivore event. It was like one of the coolest things. Everybody I knew in America wanted to work at WD that week because we were preparing with Michelle Bra and his son, Sebastian, and the Gargayu. We're going to do a decoded on that dish. We're plating it. I know I've talked about it before. Maybe you haven't heard it. It was, uh, there were some peppers of the summer 
and we got a ticket in and we're reading it to chef bra and it said no green peppers or red peppers only yellow peppers <laughs> and you know what he said basically in french fucking americans <laughs> and was he right now that individual right that go, that probably you know still lives in this world that has requested that they're a horrible person <laughs> But they don't again, know that. They don't know that. They don't know. They don't know that. They don't know that because, like, again, I'm not a medical doctor. I don't think there's a distinction between colors of peppers <laughs> and allergies. Yeah. Right. Also, also, he was you. That was for gargue, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> just like, will you paint me that beautiful thing without two of the colors? I will also tell you, like, I had to do a dinner once for a specific, like, a queen. I won't say where a queen. And this fucking her guy. team gave me a list of things that they she was allowed to eat and was not allowed to eat. And I have to say, this is a terrible <laughs> person because of how they wanted their food. So we're not even talking about that. This is stuff that I knew beforehand, right? I'm talking about when the ticket comes in, I think you can actually judge a person by their order and se separate separate this food allergies out, right? That's a wholly different thing. And I, I'm learning about this now just because, you know, one of my sons now is developing some of these things. So I'm having a whole different understanding of it, but I've always taken food allergies extremely seriously, right? As we all should. So that's out. I'm just talking about the people that specify fucking things without any fucking real dietary uh, allergies. This is just personal fucking preference bullshit. Okay. So that's in there. Everything else is out. What about quantity? What if you get a two top that comes in and they're like, share yeah, th again, one app. all of this, as I said, this is all fair game. <laughs> then, yes, I think with a pretty high degree of accuracy, you could judge a book by how it eats, for sure. Oh. I think. Oh, Noel, yeah. your thoughts? I, you have to at a certain point. It, again, the matrix is the green things are just shingling down, and that's all you're seeing. Like the matrix, literally like the movie, that's what you're looking at. And the ticket printer is your matrix and you're reading the matrix and you're not looking at the dining room. You're just looking at a white piece of paper with, you know, really shitty printing like letters, printed letters on it with that's it tells you the name uh, of the server, tells you the uh, location of the dining room, tells you the time, tells you how many people, maybe it has some notes on it, whatever can fit on like a, you know, a three inch width piece of paper. That's all you get. You think you can actually judge somebody or a group of people? I think if you worked in that kitchen, I think the thing that I've been thinking a lot about right now is just like, what's the scale of that? I think you can kind of figure out like, oh, this person doesn't know what they're doing. This person seems fine or this group seems fine or these people ordered amazingly and kind of know what they're up to. But I guess that is there that much nuance between like the they don't know what they're doing and like, you're an absolute idiot. Well, it's, it's kind of like the question, Chang, I, I think is, we sort of talked about this in Ugly Delicious, but like, can you judge anything else from that? Can you be like, this is a Republican? Mm -hmm. You think you can? All of, I, <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm, I, I used to think that judging a person by how well done they wanted their meat was like close to like 90%. I think it's now 60% mm -hmm. you can judge. There's a 40% like Obama likes the stuff closer to well mm -hmm. done. Right? But if you have a four talk oh. and they all ordered a steak, Republicans. That's why he's not the best president <laughs> of all time. <laughs> um, but there's other things there, right? The, the, but you can, I think that you, 
you can get a good assumption about a person, especially if you look at their beverage list. So I've been in restaurants where you get a fucking ticket and it comes out and it's like, you look at it and I've seen this and a response would be like, what a fucking asshole. Or it could be, listen up everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we got a winner listen over up, here. Everybody. I don't know who this fucking person is, but let's get our shit together. <laughs> like, let's, <laughs> amazing. This fucking per this, uh, and you're just like, you want to celebrate because it's like, wow, mm -hmm. they get, they, they, they're here because they want to be present and they're celebrating life and they want us to fucking just crush them and do amazing things. It's, it's like a, a wonderful feeling for a kitchen to be like, yeah, we're, 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 we're playing music for people that mm -hmm. know our shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they get it. I think that that's exactly, that's exactly. It. And like, as a diner, God, you want them to, you want that reaction to the kitchen so badly, but they don't know. That's why I'm bringing this up. I don't think diners for the most part. No, that's mind blowing to me because when I'm ordering food, at least 51% of my brain is not about what I want, but about how it's going to be interpreted in the kitchen. At least well, 51%. That's, that's cause you, you were a former cook. That's why I asked you, Noel, did you know that? Did you know? And for the listeners out there, anybody that tells you different than that works in the restaurant, say they're fucking lying right? They are straight up lying. When tickets come in and I'm talking about more like a sit down restaurant type of thing, not in and out. They are judging you. I never thought that the kitchen would, but I a hundred percent feel it. Like if anyone I'm worried about, it's the server. Everyone's judging you. <laughs> Every time you sit in a restaurant, they're judging you. I'm just wanting you to remember this. You are walking through, it should be a warning sign, right? It's like, if you walk into this room, you are about to be filmed, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Just no. you walk into this restaurant, you are being judged by everybody in this restaurant from the bartender to the maitre d' to the server, to the busser, to the kitchen. You know, the only person that's probably not judging you is the <laughs> dish. <pit. laughs> and if they're not, if they're not judging you, not a very good restaurant. You probably go not, a, not, not, yeah, not a good restaurant. <laughs> don't care if they're not judging you. You don't want to be well, there. Legitimately, you want to because People don't understand every time you're, you're in a restaurant, every meal, every interaction, it's a, a moment for data collection. And if you care about your craft, you want to get better. So you want to, you have to empathize. Empathy is never really spoken about as a, a skill set for people in the hospitality business. You're reading situations. You're reading tells. You're looking at eyebrows. You're looking at a, a fork. You're looking at, oh, this, this person is left-handed. You know what I mean? Like you're picking shit up. There's a scene in a spy game with Robert Redford and, and, and Brad Pitt where Robert Redford's supposed to be like 40 years old, but he's like 75. <laughs> yeah. Like, to, you know, and they're in the restaurant and Brad's like, how the fuck do you know everything that's going on? You know, it's because he's been doing it so long. He's like, look, he, that menu's upside down. This, this. You can pick things out like it's highlights, you know, uh, you know, these are the things wrong in a photo or that bar game. So I, I, I just think that it, it is there. And if you're not judging, I think your statement is absolutely correct. It's a, not a good restaurant if they're not judging because the judging is necessary to increase their awareness and empathy. Do you have like telltale signs Chang of like, this is definitely a date. This is definitely a business meeting. These are definitely well, again, like uh, a lot of our kitchens are open, mm -hmm. you know, and I, that's a whole different we should do a whole different podcast about dating. <laughs> Man, I got stories for days about dudes blowing up their fucking body, like blowing themselves up with a grenade. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> just in the middle of a restaurant, just like I mean, I was just like, "What are you doing, dude?" I almost want to go timeout. I wanted a timeout. Let's go and huddle up, man. Let's huddle up, man. How can I? How can I help you? Out? We got. We got to save. We got to save this. Or a lot of times, it's like, "Hey, bro, like, what are you doing?" Or like to a woman, like, "I want to say, get out. <laughs> get out of here right now." You're like, I'm looking at this ticket. You were with a sociopath. Get out of here. Are you ever dead wrong? Not really. You know how many people I've seen in my lifetime? You know how many fucking situations I've read? Like so many. It's, it's again, it's more accurate than it is wrong. Can I be wrong? Yes. But I'm also just specifically today, just talking about the moment where you're blind. You're totally blind. Most kitchens are closed. The ticket printers come in and the kitchen has no idea. They may have a, uh, a list, right? So they may on the, on the next to the printer, they might have a sheet of uh, important people coming in. So they say, oh, it's seven o'clock or oh, it's seven fifteen. This ticket comes in and must be. So the table number, okay, this is the person that we know is coming in. That's a very different thing. And they're still judging you. You're always being judged. Even more so when they know you're coming in. Even more so. And that's why I want people to fucking order better, to fucking seize the fucking day. <laughs> To, to, to be judged in a positive light. Because uh, trust me, the, the fucking restaurant is leaving mental Yelp reviews on your <laughs> motherfucking <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I'm not even talking about the notes, all right, that go at the beginning. Some restaurants have detailed notes about diners and how fucking terrible they are, how awesome they are. But most people are also remembering, oh, this motherfucker. Okay. You know, shit. You get this fucking table. You know? <laughs> is it more about quantity or quality of order when you're looking at a ticket like what are the things the item ordered there's just so many moments number one is ordering in a way that shows you are curious about the world and the food that's being made and that you're not just doing you know if a restaurant has you know i, I remember working at craft and the top three sellers were beet salad gnocchi and short rib now, if you're a cook, right? And let's just say you're a fish cook or you're, you're the meat roast cook or any, any restaurant. Let's just say, um, what's a restaurant you like to go to, Noel, right now? Right now? Yeah. Um, my good old favorite, Greenpoint Fish. Greenpoint Fish. What's the, what's the most popular dish there? Probably fish and chips. Fish and chips. So if you're the fish cook, there are, I don't even know, probably doing 150 covers a night. 120 of those covers are fish and chips. Probably more. He's probably making 200 because multiple orders. Now, one of the best things you can do is distinguish yourself by not ordering what everyone fucking orders. That's like a very like huge thing to the kitchen. It's like, whoa, this fucking person. I don't even like, do we even, and then they'll look to the team like, do we even have the ingredients? <laughs> <laughs> See, now this is when you get too far in the other direction. You end up in Chris Yingland. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh shit. Like, uh, you, you know, the reps aren't there. You know, there's, it, you just want to put things that are marked to the kitchen. Like, Pay attention, motherfuckers. I'm on to you. you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you thought this would be another fish and chips table? Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I got other plans yeah. in mind for you. And again, like one of the early, and it's no longer, and I think necessarily true. Another thing that happened for a while was if you ordered any kind of uh, offal or any kind of uh, like mm -hmm. any kind of offal, that was like, oh, right. Someone, someone's a gourmand. Right. <laughs> Less so now though, right? You think 
yeah less so now less so now but um also if you if you tell the server oh i'd like a mid course mm-hmm. right another tell tell sign that the server will tell right this uh, this table of 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 guys and girls that are um dressed in clothing that barely fits them or like they never like clearly they never wear and they have like scars all over their fucking arms they're a table of cooks yeah you know what i mean like table of cooks are always going to order better than fucking anybody else i don't give a fuck mm-hmm. you can tell a cook a table of cooks by what they order nobody orders identicals they order an entire fucking menu they paste it out perfectly you know and, and and then you have to match it up then you might be like hey can i speak to the sommelier what do they order and you're like that's like oh okay you were dealing with big game now. You know what I mean? It's like, oh shit. And I'm telling you this, not because you're not doing this for every table. You are really people are, but at the end of the day, there are moments where you are like, oh shit. Adrenaline's rumping. Like we, we gotta, we gotta like take this to 11, like spinal tap. This is, this is on. And it's because a, a ticket comes in you're like, okay, oh yeah, we gotta blow this motherfucker out. Yep. Let's do this. Yep. And before you always double check with a Psalm, they could be, a bunch of orders it could be it starts off with they make their own degustation menu mm-hmm. effectively you know what i mean and it could be like eight fucking courses and then you might ask the the server like did they course this out no they'll say no they course this out themselves you're like whoa shit mm-hmm. you know but when you get the psalm or the server and you see their beverage and they're like oh shit they're like you know a rabino this and a fucking decam whatever you're like oh shit um they're definitely not a food critic you get excited they always travel in packs of three or four. They're always wearing like nice clothes that like Dave said is like, that doesn't quite fit like it used to. I saw this. I was at a restaurant the other day and I saw three, I was in Vegas and I saw these three guys walk into a restaurant and like Vegas is full of groups of three or four dudes who are just like douches on the town. But I looked at these three guys and instantly I was like, those are not your uh, uh, everyday douches. <laughs> like these are three cooks because they, they also pick up the menu immediately and just start studying it and discussing it. And they don't talk about not, anything not, else. Not only that, if you're a table of cooks, right? Um, <laughs> besides the clothing and, and, and just like the fact that you don't look like you belong there or if you're especially in a fine dining restaurant, they're always looking at the silverware, looking at the bottom of the plates, looking at the plate on the plate. And they're like, they look like they're there to do work. Is what yeah. it looks like. They're there to do work. They're there to eat. I mean, they're looking at things like they're a fucking health right. inspector. You know what I mean? That's a telltale sign. But like that, that doesn't matter. It's a, the, the, the table of cooks, usually they're coming in. You're going to know that someone in the kitchen is going to know. But it's that random. It's, it's either or, right? You get you don't really remember the tickets that most people get, which are the the best of the people are coming there because they read Yelp or some stupid fucking thing on infatuation that you got like eight point whatever the fuck. And you know, it's like you can judge a whole restaurant by the fucking three sentences they wrote about. It's fucking stupid. It, but like <laughs> you have that and you they, they get like the second bottle of wine. That's like not the cheapest, but not the most expensive. And they, you know, whatever, not whatever. It's like, I'm like that now. It, it doesn't matter. But it's like, that's, these are things that you don't remember, but you're just cooking. Going back to the Greenpoint fish, the person that's cooking that time and time again, you're getting so good at cooking it. You're not even thinking about it anymore. If chick comes in. All right. I got three of this. I got a fucking steam sole. I got a, you know, I got a, you know, braise that striped bass, blah, blah, blah. All these tickets are coming in. But if you have, I know on docket, I have like 24 fried fish 
I got this, this, and this, but I was like, oh shit, I got to do the lobster poached, you know, whatever, whatever. It was like, okay. It's also knowing that there's certain preparations that are going to be more intensive and a little bit different than the setup. So if you're, for, for a listener who's like, I, I want to be better. I want to be recognized as a cool person by the kitchen. Like for, it's not, there's not a set formula. It's not just like order a ton of food or order things that are, are, are unexpected. But like, what is it, Chang? I should say I'm doing this for the diner because we're trying to, you know, make people more knowledgeable. No, I'm really not. I'm saying this for the people that work <laughs> in fucking kitchens. Truly. <laughs> Some of it can be monotonous as fuck. Be better diners. Be a better diner. You can make poetry legitimately from how you order and it's going to make their fucking day. It really will. It's going to make their day because it's going to show that we have people that understand what we're eating and they care. It's not like they don't care about the, the normal stuff, but not every diner is going to be doing this. But there are days where you just get the same fucking orders time and time again. You're like, ah, the drudgery this sucks. You just you want to see something in Technicolor mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what a good order can do. And you can really judge a lot about a table, but you can be really wrong too. You, I don't think you can be wrong. You can be wrong about the political leanings of a person or like um, the culinary literacy sophistication of a person, right? By how they order their, their fish well done or the, their meat or their fish and stuff like that. But in terms of... Um, how interesting a group of person people are, how maybe even like on, you know, as, as shallow as it is, the socioeconomic status is clear. That's like a huge indicator. Most of the time, not always because some people just save up and they spend money. Whatever. It's just extraordinary luxury. And usually that's done in wine. And I'm also not talking about the ass, like the worst fucking people, but please do it at our restaurants is when they're like, <laughs> They order like the most ridiculous, the most expensive. It's not about buying the most expensive things either. It really isn't. You know, it's wonderful, but you're looking at people that are trying to create style, create some kind of expression of who they are through the food that they're, you're ordering. Mm -hmm. Maybe no one else thinks about it that way, but I do. And I know the, the kitchens that I've worked in before I started Momofuku felt the same way. You're like, people get fucking stoked when you get a good ticket. And you're like, yeah, let's fucking crush it for this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't think, I don't know if uh, Noelle thought about it that way. No. Now I have so many, now I'm just nervous that I'm a bad diner. Well, I have to break it to you. Most people are bad diners. What a real letdown. Well, also, here's another thing. It's not even what you order. It can continue. It could be like, um, you know when food's going to be dropped. All right. It's like, yeah. if you know when you, you, let me put it this way. When you have to use the bathroom, you try to use it before a concert or whatever. So you don't go. So there is a common, it's just like a respect of the process that's happening as well. It's protocol. Another thing that can be annoying as fuck in terms of like, you can judge a person by how annoying they are as well is if they're constantly leaving to have cigarette breaks mm -hmm. or they're going to the bathroom at ridiculous times, you know, like mm -hmm. the food just dropped motherfucker. And then, you know, the kitchen's got to, it's got to go back to the kitchen. It's, you're trying to put it in a holding tank, like a, a heat lamp. And now oh, fuck, now we got to refire it. Now we got to refire the whole table. And because of that, it's then maybe like 830. Now a, like a food critic is in, now you got a really VIP guest. Now things are backed up and now the oven's broken on the left side. You know, you got a grease fight. No, things just spiral out of control and snowball into hell. 
but a lot of these things can be like pinpointed because of people that go into the bathroom. So like people hate that shit. Well, you said something. I, I think that like, uh, amen. But I also think that maybe people don't even understand that like, especially uh, whether it's an open kitchen or not, somebody is watching your table. And if there's, I, you've seen this all the time. If you don't notice, like they're picking up the plates off the pass to take it out to your table. And then they see you get up and then they've got to put the fucking plates back. And then they'll have to, and if you sit in there for long enough, then they have to refire it. Meaning they're going to redo your food for you and you'll it's never be wiser. It sucks. It sucks so bad, especially when you're in the I weeds. Hate, I, I'll just say it. I hate them. <laughs> I hate those people. I fucking hate them. And if you work in kitchens, you know exactly how it feels. Like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Because you had to have a fucking parliament light, you fucker. <laughs> you ruined fucking service, you motherfucker. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Parliament Lights. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, Chris. The reality is, all joking aside, you can't tell shit about an individual dining at your restaurant simply by reading the ticket matrix. It doesn't mean that I won't stop trying and thousands of other people running the pass and reading tickets in kitchens won't stop trying. It doesn't tell you if someone's intelligent or dumb. It doesn't say if they're a good person or not. It really gives you nothing. It's extremely biased information. But it does tell you if someone's gone out to dinner a bunch. It does tell you if someone is a gourmand and knowing how to eat at a restaurant, having that privileged information that is, you know, quite frankly, pretty exclusive, but not always. You don't have to be stinking rich to be able to do this. Some of the literally, I, I know some of the best eaters in the world, it's just their hobby. They have a nine to five job and that's just what they do. They care about food. They love food. It's like collecting baseball cards. It's just one of those things. In, in my life, those are the people that I have found. The real gourmands are the people that love it more than anyone else. And it's just what they do to give themselves pleasure. And when a good ticket comes into a restaurant, it is exciting. I hope that was expressed clearly. When a ticket gets called out in a kitchen, when there's been drudgery and repetition, it's very rare that you get a ticket that is great. It's very rare that that ticket is properly coursed out with all the right temperatures and all the right order of things. And they've done the dishes that are in season, the things that you are made. You like if you made some sick pate or pativier and you just put it on the menu and you're hoping someone gets it. Like these are, these are exciting moments for a team in a kitchen. That's what we want. That's what people want to be recognized. And when someone does that, it's a fantastic feeling. It is recognition, especially when the front of the house comes back and say, hey, they ordered a beautiful wine. They're not doing a tasting, but they're doing this, this, and this. And then they come back and they're saying to the team in the kitchen, this person's not a dick. They're really good people. You would think this would happen a lot. It's actually pretty rare to get great diners. Good people come into restaurants all the time. There are definitely pricks. But good diners come in the restaurant 
not that much. Good people come to the restaurant, people that have a great time coming to the restaurant, people that are just great customers come in the restaurant, all restaurants all the time. But it is a rare thing for a great diner to come in. So how do we increase that, that, that quotient? How do we get more people to be better diners? And I think that's what we're going to try to do. It's not going to be a comprehensive list, but some of those things is just coming on time, coming 15 minutes early, coming with a complete party to your reservation, um, not being wasted beforehand, being super drunk at a restaurant, not very cool, especially when you just show up. Knowing how to order temperatures of meat, it's a huge thing. Again, we basically did a whole episode on Ugly Delicious to, to discern if the, 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 the political leanings of an individual, if they're ordering well-done meat, the answer is no, you can't. But when you get a beautiful piece of meat that's been dry-aged, or if you get a beautiful piece of fish that's in season and you, and you spent time filleting and portioning it out, the last thing you want is, hey, California wild king salmon, well done. You don't want to see that. That's honestly sort of disrespectful. But that doesn't mean you don't have the prerogative or, or the ability to order that as a customer, but it hurts. It literally hurts the culinary team cooking food in a manner that they don't want to do it. And the customer is not always right, but sometimes it has to get done. But it's also ordering things right. Like, a hanger steak probably should be ordered medium, not rare, right? A duck breast should be ordered medium, not rare, uh, things like that. Even like a pork chop, if someone says, hey, I want my pork chop cooked medium rare because they know it's a nice pig and maybe it's been brined and they know that it's just not some commodity pork chop, right? Like these are sort of signs you can give the, the dining room like, hey, this table gives a shit in general. Don't be a prick at a restaurant. People might make mistakes. It's the super elitist, snobby diner that says, this is not good, or I know the, that this is off, or this isn't as good as this restaurant that I had. Don't do that. Just shut the fuck up. And that is the worst kind of diner in a lot of ways. Airing their superiority at a, at a restaurant is one of the worst ways to show up. But like, you know, you want a course out of menu, right? Especially, I guess the coursing out depends. In a degustation tasting menu only restaurant, uh, at a certain level, they're going to know the restaurant will know everything about you for the most part, right? They're going to Google you. They're going to go on your Facebook. They're going to try to find your social media account. They're going to try to find every possible thing about you. If you're using a reservation system, maybe there'll be some data on you. So for the most part, this really only applies to restaurants that do a la carte. So when you're ordering your menu yourself, right? You're piecing together your meal. Doesn't mean that a restaurant can't have a la carte and a tasting menu, but the tasting menu only restaurants that are relatively smaller, because you're not going to be more than say 60 covers a night, possibly. Um, they're going to know everything about you or going to try to know everything about you. They're going to know your likes and dislikes. And there's restaurant parlance speak, right? It's PX, person extraordinaire. There's SPX, super person extraordinaire. Depending on your kitchen that you work in, there's things like soigne means everything in its place. Everything's right. Uh, not everything in its place. That's means it's just like make it right, make it good. Then there's super soigne, as stupid as that sounds. That gets thrown around a lot. Uh, just make everything nice. Make it copacetic. 
So you're going to know whether you get those dis- the, the, those those markings on your reservation book or not. You will know. If you're a really good diner, you'll earn a PX. If you're a fucking extraordinary diner, you'll get an SPX. You'll get that super soigné shit. But you have to earn it. Some people just get it because they're a celebrity or they're a well-known chef or they're just fucking a big wig or they're an investor in a restaurant. But I've seen it time and time again. People get the like the super soigné status because they've earned it and they're fucking good people. And sometimes you might go to a new restaurant and you don't have to earn it because your reputation is well known and it is a small world and servers or cooks may say, hey, this diner used to come to our previous restaurant. They're coming here now. They're awesome. I mean, there is literally around 100 diners, at least in New York City, that have the SPX uh, marking and they're just great diners that everybody sort of knows, right? You guys all know who you are. I don't have to name names and we love them very much. They're like the best. And it takes time. It takes time to get that super soigné status. One more thing, and I'm, I'm this kind of asshole that does it too. Don't order a burger at the restaurant. Try not to order the low-hanging fruit on a menu, right? The things that you know that the kitchen sort of doesn't want to make, like a burger. That doesn't mean it won't be great. And I have to admit that I have done this. I've talked about it a handful of times. I go into a restaurant, I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to get the burger because I don't want anything else. Try not to be hypocritical me. Just try not to get a burger at a restaurant that you know is good, that the restaurant's trying to push the envelope. Push the envelope doesn't have to be modern. They're just trying to do excellent work. And if you read about the top three or four dishes that everyone gets, yeah, get one, but get one of each. But one of the things that I think brings down the, the, the kitchen is when you see table after table ordering the same things, right? It becomes so vanilla, right? Everyone gets the burrata. Then everybody gets the short rib. Then everybody gets the gnocchi. Then everyone gets the warm flourless chocolate cake or the budino or something like that. Those are good for good reason. Get one and share it with other people. When everyone at the table, it's a four top getting the same fucking thing. It's disheartening for a kitchen. It really is. Give them a challenge. Give them something new. Give them a pulse. Not only does a restaurant need to have a pulse, make sure the diners have a fucking pulse too. You guys can do this. Not everyone at a fucking table has to get the same fucking thing. Try to get something different for each diner. You guys can share food. You guys can give taste to other things. Try new things out. Be curious. Not everyone has to get the same thing. It sucks. The only time where it's possibly even okay is when children just want butter noodles or something like that. But guess what, guys? You're adults. You don't need butter noodles. You don't all need to get an order of short ribs. Get some. Get the guinea hen. Someone get the short rib. Someone else get the oxtail. And someone else get the fish. That just is an easier way of doing it and talking about it. It creates conversation. Not to say that you can't eat and have conversation over a communal thing, but that's large format communal dining. That's a different thing because you can still put your own sort of influence on that little thing you're going to eat. Whether it's some or some kind of communal taco type thing, you can still garnish it however you want. There is an illusion of choice there. But I got a couple funny stories about that because I did really believe and I, that you could really understand an individual simply by what they order. Um, I remember, <laughs> I won't say the name of a chef. But it was a funny story about an, uh, a restaurant that was serving baby lamb. 
and you get spring baby lamb it's beautiful right you get these amazing beautiful beautiful lamb that are like 60 to 80 pounds you break them down and and you can break it down in like five different dishes it's it's just the sign of spring it really is a sign of spring i don't think of rams i think of like baby lamb anyway this is a story amongst a group of friends and i always laugh thinking about it it was an open kitchen it wasn't my restaurants because we never served baby lamb at any of Momofuku's. but ticket comes in and it's it's a it's a two top and one of them orders baby lamb and a lot of the courses are like well done one of the individuals is is just ordering things normal the other individuals everything's well done and they get to sort of the 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 main meat course and they're cooking the rack and i think the tenderloin and and the chef is like bemoaning the fact that he's got to make this beautiful piece of lamb well done and he says it out loud to himself like says something derogatory not nice about this ticket about the individual that's ordering this well done (laughs) and uh the partner comes to the kitchen and says that's my wife that you're talking about asshole that could have been me that could have been anybody it's a real story it's funny because it just shows you how stupid this whole thing is to be able to judge someone and just you know you don't know it may be right for like 90 percent of the time but there are exceptions to the rule and that's why it doesn't really pass any kind of legitimate test. It just does give you an indication that it is disheartening to a team. I understand both sides, right? I understand the chef and I understand the, the husband of the situation, right? Um, because you can't eat that. You're told not to eat rare things while you're, you know, while you're uh, pregnant. And I understand the culinary chef perspective about being like, fuck, like I got to fucking destroy this beautiful piece of meat because this customer wants it well done i hear both sides i'm gonna finish uh this pod on a funny story i I wrote a piece years ago um about the money piece and this isn't exactly about the ticket matrix per se but we um we are at craft this is a 2001 and we were told this very very important chef was coming in to eat and we had prepared all kinds of things um I remember there was like a striped bass stuffed and it was like seven layers and they roasted it. It, it, it was like a, a porchetta. I mean, we had some of the nicest shit I've ever seen made for this special table. <laughs> and I laugh thinking about it right now because long short, we make just one of the sickest fucking meals I've, I've seen at, ever seen at that time. I was a I young cook. It goes out. We're getting updates or it didn't get updates. And there was a reason for that, right? We're just making food and it's coming out. But by the end of the night, we found out we were sending food to the wrong table. It just went out to the wrong table, right? You, you make food. You're, you're in the hands of the server, right? You're in the hands of the front house. All of the food went to the wrong table. People were really pissed off. It was also hilarious at the end of the day when we're thinking about it. Just two unsuspecting customers just got completely crushed with food. And it was also disheartening as fuck because, you know, when a chef comes in that you admire, you really want to blow them out of the water. And they got just whatever they ordered. It was sort of like, it was a shitty moment, right? 
But born out of that was the money piece that we, we made fun of or we termed later on. Because this is probably like a few months into the beginning of craft, this idea of giving a great culinary experience to an unsuspecting customer. We would try to give it to somebody earlier in the evening or later in the evening. And it was something that I don't think Marco or even Beno knew, but I think we would do amongst the other sous chefs and the other cooks. If you had something really nice, you would just be like, hey, let's give them a really nice, we'd call it Uber Amuse and you would make... You know, we would do a chickpea amuse, we would do a foie amuse, we would do a sardine, marinated sardine amuse, we'd do some oysters, we'd do some different crostini, um, we'd do a whole flight of uh, different kinds of crudo, and then you would go into the fish course and the veg course, and it would be the best of the best. So it wasn't something that was like a special menu, but you're making certain things that were a little bit combined and composed that that a normal person wasn't going to get. Doesn't mean the normal person wasn't get the, the best meal, it just was like... We're having fun. Um, but it was, you know, it might be the best scallop, right? If someone's ordering scallops, they're getting the fucking best scallop of the evening, right? If you're if you're getting like 20 pounds of scallops in your drawer, right, your low boy, and you pull it out, there's going to be one to three of those that are going to be simply better and bigger and tastier than everything else. You set those aside as you portion out your food and you keep that as your mise en place. So when, let's just say, a VIP or a critic comes in, you have your super soigné shit ready to go and ready to fire. Sometimes that person never fucking comes. So you you just fire it at the end of the night. So we would give it to somebody at the end of the night, right? You'd give some of the, the best foods in your mise en place to just random regular people. And we call that the money piece. In theory, it'd be nice if everyone got that kind of service, but it's just fucking impossible, right? There's a best end of lamb. There's a there's a center cut to everything. Not everyone can get the best cut. It's just not feasible. But sometimes that perfect cut doesn't come in. I will say, like, you're, you're, we weren't giving that money piece and the Uber Muse and all that other stuff to somebody that was coming in at the very last turn that was drunk, that was rude, that was a dick, right? You sort of had to hear and sort of find out to the front of the house that whoever was dining was a good person. And it was a really fun time to just be able to like give somebody that was going out on a date or maybe they're catching up with a friend and just blowing them out of the water, you know? And it just could be these, these small little changes. And that was meaningful to the cooks, that we were doing something that was extraordinary for somebody that didn't even realize it. And we call that the money piece. We give everyone the money piece. There was a, every station would have something that was the best in class for that evening. And if we didn't have to give it to somebody that needed it, right, we would give it to a regular person that was non-PX, non-SPX, no soigné status whatsoever. That being said, you know, this is a whole nother conversation about how to be a regular, but that's oftentimes the best way. And that's when we we talk about earning a good meal. You go to a restaurant and you earn that meal and you don't have to be famous. You don't have to be fucking filthy rich. You don't have, you just have to know how to eat. And I promise you guys, if you learn how to order well, if you know how to eat well, right? and you don't have stupid requests and you're respectful and you're having a good time, that shit gets translated to the kitchen and the kitchen feeds off it. And it's just a wonderful thing. So cheers to you guys. I hope that you guys all learn how to be great diners. 
I'll be honest, sometimes I'm a shitty diner because I can complain, I can be in a bad mood. It's natural. But I hope to be a good diner more often than not. It's it's just the way it is. So we can all become better diners. Anyway, give us five stars. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Sign up for Discord, uh, majordomomedia.com, all things Momofuku at shop.momofuku.com. Um, and you can reach out to me at uh, Acre for any uh, business ideas that are surrounding sustainability and food at dave at acre.vc. Take it easy, guys.